0: Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Works, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash workforit to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in
1: California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Uh- uh let me just click a couple things here just to ensure that we all
0: have that we are yeah we are recording and you guys are hearing this
1: Dennis and Jared <laughs> okay Dennis Terrell Terrell knifeworks Jared of Echo blades started a podcast called Triple T right for knife makers yeah yeah triple, triple T, 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 T for, for knife, knife makers so anyway I'll I'll link to it in the show notes they did one episode it's excellent I mean, most people right out of the gate starting a podcast, it's usually boring. This is not boring. This is not that uh, very interesting. Might be just because we know them that, you know, listening to them talk. But it seems very, very uh, fluid. Didn't seem very like didn't feel forced or anything. And I love it was hearing very- stories. It was yes, exactly. It was
0: very captivating. Like the stories like I like I know Jared personally. I've met him a couple times and I've hung out with them and him huge and Dennis asshole. and all that.
1: He's a huge Yeah, he's, he's
0: the biggest prick I've ever met, but he's such a good guy. And uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, like there's there's things that I didn't know about him that I, I learned about him yeah. by listening to that new show. So Typically, the first episode definitely rocked.
1: I turn on an episode of a podcast and I can tell like within the first five minutes, you know, I'm usually I, into it or not. Yeah. And I'm very much into this. Um, yep. And they there. It's So it's great. So I will link to it in the show notes. I know it's out on Spotify. So uh, anyway, Dennis and Jared, good job. Keep going. Make a show every week, even if you do 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is, and uh, continue to produce great content because it, it you know, I think what I had just had this conversation with Luke Johnson. By the way, he's got a great um, – he did a nice audio intro for your French Pickler uh, segment. We need, to work that into, we need to work that into the show. On the I, I want to hear it before I, I agree on anything, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll send you the file so you can hear it. I think he's, he, he says it in French, but I don't know for sure. I, I'm pretty sure it's French. I don't know. But, but you uh, don't know. So it's definitely not English if you can't understand, Not right? English. That is for sure. But uh, we were talking about how, like, the community – I see us all as, like, we're all on a lifeboat and we're all doing our thing and everybody has our own has their own kind of con- contribution to the community being healthy you know and the yes. more I get into understanding what that looks like from a per from the perspective of like I'm just one part you know Of I produce a podcast I create tools I do all these little things to contribute and everyone else kind of is in that same boat and they're doing their thing. It feels, and you can tell me if you feel the same way, but it feels very healthy to me from the standpoint of we've kind of pushed out all the assholes and let them kind of go do their own thing. Well,
0: they sort themselves out. Like we don't have to push anybody away. They, they, they help themselves out. Like it's, it's natural selection, I guess, you know, it's not just life or death. It's, you know, common sense all around. And, and if you're going to be like an asshole, you're not going to be around good people for that long. You know, you're, you're going to get pushed away and you're going to have done it yourself.
1: All right. Brian has shown up to the show. Now I'm going to go ahead and accept his you mean invitation. Ben? <laughs> 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 uh, we, we already started recording Brian, by the way, you're late by the way, yeah, he pulled the Ben on this. us, yeah. So, but hey it's no. okay, it's all right. <laughs> we were talking about the community and whatever. You can catch up as as we go in, but we were having a great conversation about. By the way, I have a great story about going to see the band Tool. Are you guys interested? But wait, in this?
0: but wait before I before we sidetrack and come back, I want to know has Cone listened to the new Triple T for Knife Makers? Do you ask for the link yesterday? But I did you have. listen? Yes. I have.
2: It is a fantastic podcast. It is really well done and is probably one of the best fir- first podcast I've ever listened to. We S- felt the same, same way. Yep. Yeah. We same had the
1: same, man. same, uh, feedback. So don't get a big head though, Dennis. <coughs> yeah. you know, But it
0: definitely, it definitely was good though. Bigger they, than they the deserve head the you tap already on have. the back.
1: <laughs> 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 so yeah, go out and check it out. I'll put a link down in the show notes yeah. so you can go check it out. So, uh, I got an opportunity to go see the band Tool play in where do we go? Oh, we went to the Hard Rock in Hollywood. Okay, and that's on the East Coast of Florida, Southeast Coast, like right near the tip of Florida. And um, the seats aren't cheap, by the way. Like one of the things that no. I just no. I could not believe how expensive it was to go see Tool. Tool, tool is play. expensive to see. Yes, yes. And <clears throat> the show was awesome. If you get an opportunity and you even remotely like the band tool, it's not just an audio experience; it's a visual experience as well. Absolutely, it is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life, and I have seen some live music that would make most of you jealous. Let's go down the list: Rage Against the Machine oh, multiple yes. times. My heart. I have yes. seen my heart. Nirvana multiple Once. times, oh, that, like in small that I haven't, venues. Though. I have yeah. seen Red Hot Chili Peppers. I have seen 311. I have seen, uh, let's see, uh, what's a good show? Like, another good show is Clutch. I don't know if you guys listen to Clutch. But yeah, I've uh, heard of Clutch. Clutch yeah. is a great band to see live. Anyway, lots of great uh, – I've been in the room with a lot of great musicians, including Willie Nelson and David Royce. Byrne of The Talking Heads. Like, a lot of – I had a lot of interaction back when I worked for Fox Television. I had backstage passes and got uh, to meet yeah. all those guys. Mm-hmm. Really fun yeah, times! Wow. See, but, I got to go to a lot of Ozfest festivals,
0: which was like twelve or thirteen of the, and uh, not twelve, but uh, ten, I think. Oz I went Fest to ten Ozfest. Oz yeah,
1: Fest dude, was that's like great. like a
0: hundred bands in a day or whatever, like yeah. three stages and shit. And Hartford was always the opening tour, so you had like all the bands that weren't fully part of the tour that opened, and it was just great. Like, I don't know, good
1: shows, very good show. Tool put on card. great live show. Uh, And so anyway, we were we did the math, by the way, we figured with there were sixty six hundred people in the room watching tool. And on average, we figured the tickets were about three hundred to three hundred and fifty dollars a piece. Closer you get to the stage, probably exponentially grows in cost. Yes. Yeah. Thousands, thousands of dollars. Um, But there wasn't a bad seat in the house. Let me just say that like you're Mm -hmm. you can sit in the nosebleeds and still have a great time. And the show starts. It's a great show. I've got a crew of guys. I would say in their mid to late twenties to my right, like four guys. Okay. The guy to my right is wearing a hockey jersey. This will. This story will unfold as, that's an important part of this. So, I'm we're sitting there listening to this music. These guys are clearly, clearly drunk. Like drinking a lot. And the guy in the hockey jersey gets up from his seat and uh, walks out for a few minutes and comes back with like an armfuls of waters, like bottled water. Okay. okay. Like four or five bottles of water starts the passing word. them out to everybody in the, in the, in the row. Right. And I'm thinking like, why the fuck? Okay. So like, okay, I get it. Maybe they overdid it a little bit. Right. There's, there's probably something like that going on. And, um, and they're having a good time. I mean, they're they're pretty, for the most part, for drunk people, they're fairly respectable. The guy was encroaching on my, my personal space a little bit. I had to kind of do the old man, like, you know what, uh, give him the side eye a little bit and go, respect your elders a little bit and just scooch the <laughs> fuck over. All right? Be the old, miserable
0: fucking guy yeah. at the show, right? Yeah, yeah. It was expensive <laughs> to be here.
1: You just fucking scooch over. Stay in your lane. So, uh, I, uh, you know, we're watching the show, watching the show and it get, I'm getting I'm tired, right? It's fucking like 11 o'clock at night. The show is winding down and <laughs> yeah,
2: old man, you can't keep no, up. Come on. I'm up at 4am every fucking day, Brian.
1: What am I going to do? So, uh, we're, you know, we're what I, I decide that I'm going to sit down in my seat. And I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to listen to the music because it is just like it's engulfing me now. And I am totally sober. No substances whatsoever. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I smell puke. Like it's engulfing me. Like the smell of puke. I look over. (laughs) A guy to my right, two seats over. One of this crew is projectile vomiting through his hands like he's trying to stop himself from (laughs) vomiting and it's coming through his fingers hitting the seat in front of him right Mm. and splashing back at him yeah it (laughs) takes a minute for the i would say 15 or so people that this would impact to realize what is going on we all start standing up looking going what the fuck is that smell Look down. There is a puddle like creeping, like down the stairs, like sloshing down the Uh, steps. And everybody starts to clear out. But there's nowhere to go because you, you know, you're (laughs) packed in there like sardines. And I look to the guy to my right, the guy in the hockey jersey. He looks at me, catches my eye, and he makes a beeline for the outside of the row and leaves. Gone. Just fucking goes. So the guy next to him, I look at him and I go, who's this guy with? And he goes, well, he's with us. And I go, get him the fuck out of here. If he's with you, he's your responsibility. And the guy goes, what are you you talking about? Like, he's sick. I go, right. He's your friend. You don't let your friend sit here. And I said, by the way, all these people. And now there's a mob, right? It's like everyone has turned and is witnessing me give this fucking guy a tongue lashing. I'm not yelling at the guy who's puking. I'm just that guy. He's gone. Right. I'm yelling at his buddy who's sitting right next to him. And by the way, he's got 100 pounds on me. He's like six foot four. I'm looking at Mm -hmm. him going, look, man, you have a responsibility to take care of your friend. He's throwing up. And he goes, well, I brought him some waters and blah, blah, blah. And I go, look, everyone around here paid so much fucking money to sit in these seats. And we're not going to sit here and smell puke. Get him the fuck out of here and go get somebody to clean this fucking mess up or you fucking clean it up. One of the two. This guy, I would, I, I swear to God, he must have been a Marine. He picks this motherfucker up, puts him on his shoulder, essentially, and drags him. And we are in the middle of the road.
0: He starts dragging him.
1: And Sarah goes that way and points, like, the other direction. Like, don't bring him past us, motherfucker. You take him that fucking way. Starts gra- grabs this guy like he had just been shot in Vietnam in the jungle and drags him out, right? This guy comes back and I got to give this dude props and, and, you know, he he comes back with probably like 10 or 15 waters and just starts apologizing to everyone, handing waters to everyone around him, did the right thing. He was like, hey, I'm really sorry about this. I'm like, yeah, you can't change the fact that I'm standing in puke, though, buddy, like, you know, like you could have gotten him out of here sooner. And uh, but anyway, that was my tool story. I will say, even (laughs) with the puke all over my boots, I still had a fucking great time. It was it reminded me of like 20 years ago when I was hanging out with a bunch of amateurs. You know what I mean? And you were the one puking on people, right? I never did that. I wasn't fucking that stupid. But I mean, the other part of me thought like these guys had just taken like a huge hit of mescaline or something, because I'm like, I didn't really see them drinking that much. Right. I was like, I don't know. And I didn't smell alcohol. So it makes me think they dropped some sort of, like, these guys are a bunch of, you know. Well, you go uh, to
0: see Tool, you're probably on mescaline
1: or something. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, or or who knows, right? Yeah, mushrooms maybe. But uh, I kept the uh, 15th or so people because the dudes behind him and the dudes in front of him were all very rough looking guys. They all wanted to kill have retribution you could tell they they were wearing <laughs> bandanas they were very much covered in tattoos they were like little, turning around going who am i gonna fucking drag through this puke to clean it up <laughs> mm.
2: <laughs> Good oh times. you don't have paper towels you are now the paper towel yeah we're <laughs> gonna go
1: ahead and use you as the paper towel I, to I clean had, this up i had went to go see
0: a uh, slipknot and uh lamb of god out in hartford when i was living there and uh it was a indoor show at the uh, whatever place it was. And it's usually, it was like their first indoor show. They closed off the whole stadium part of it. And like the field was closed off, obviously, because it was winter. So I was first time sitting in the seats at this venue. And somebody behind me obviously had too much to drink after eating Chinese food. Because I ended up with oh that no. all over the back of me. Oh, uh, I had to take oh, my shirt off. Oh. I had to go buy a new shirt. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. That guy he should literally bought you the shirt. Yeah, dude, he was wasted. Like they they dragged him out, you know. And I don't, I don't want to plus one you or anything, but similar story. Like people got mad, and he ended up getting pulled out by his friends. And uh, yeah, it was nasty. So what? Do but we I got learn directly here? puked on. If
1: you go you to a learn, show, you don't watch your surroundings. Yeah, you just. I think here's what I think happens is when people go to an event like this, especially when you're younger, like when you're kind of learning the ways of the world and what your body and mind are capable of. I think you build up these experiences in your head. You go, dude, we're going to go see fucking Tool. It's going to be epic. We're going to fucking face. Yeah, we're going to mm. drink. We're going to drop mushrooms yeah. or whatever. We're going to get crazy and have a great time. Well, you know, the reality of it is, and I, I'm just going to give you some old man advice here. You know, it's almost better just to be in the moment and experience it, you know, just sit yep. there and enjoy oh, yeah. it. And really, you won't learn this until later in life. And I didn't either because I used to go to shows and get stupid drunk and do crazy yep. things. And I, I remember that time. But now, <clears throat> if I could give you some advice, just just take it down a peg. You don't have to be right, yeah. crazy <laughs> drunk or high to go. By the way, you uh, don't need anything to see Tool. Yeah. It sounds no, and it looks so it's good. enough to get you fucked up. It is. It's it, enough for, it is. It yeah. really <laughs> is. The visuals and to give you a perspective, the screen that was behind them was probably a hundred feet tall and it had just fractals going with like crazy <laughs> visuals. And they had awesome cameras set up where they were doing kaleidoscope live kaleidoscopes. So imagine a camera right above Danny, who's the drummer. And he's doing a drum solo and that camera is being broadcast to the hundred foot screen that's behind him, but in a kaleidoscope to the yeah, point dude, that
0: was wild. where you don't that.
1: realize what you're looking at until like halfway through the solo. You realize and you see I'm 30 watching symbols. Him. <laughs> yeah. You all of a sudden you it starts to come together and you go. I'm watching him do this live in a kaleidoscope feature. It's it's yep. really unbelievable. Don't need anything to see them live, and and I highly recommend you do it if you if you get an opportunity. But uh, so they
0: did the chocolate chip trip one or whatever. The, they did that sauce. Yes, song?
1: and, and yeah, he they started it, it with the you. gong. So he yeah, brought the, the gong, gong yeah. out and he started doing the, this gong like is a like solo. six foot fucking wide yep. brass gong, and he's like doing all this crazy shit. And it was right after the intermission. So you you know you get a chance to go to the bathroom and do your thing, and you come back to Danny just fucking tapping this huge six-foot piece of brass, and it's creating this ripple effect of sound yep. in the room. Resonance. It is un-fucking-believable what those guys are capable of. And by the way, Maynard, who is the quote-unquote lead singer of Tool... He paints his face. He puts on this fucking, you know, spike, mohawk and all this shit. You never see his face once. He gets all decked out and he's standing in the dark like a fucking goon, you know, and you never you never actually see him. You hear him, but you never really Mm. fully see him. And the dedication to their craft. This is where I'm going with this. The dedication of many fucking decades to their craft is impeccable. This yeah. is what we should take away from watching a band like Tool. They don't need the money. They don't really need to nah. do the touring. They don't need to make another album. They've made everything. They're they're well off, and yet here they are doing these shows because what they they love it, love it. They go they're and passionate. they love it, and they're passionate about it. And so, if you could apply that same concept. To the work that you do every day. I talked about this with Jeff Fader on the full blast podcast. If you didn't hear that episode, you should go back and listen to it because we talked about enjoying the effort of what you're doing. I think that there is a systemic problem amongst the maker community. And that is we are searching for the ultimate destination. And that does not exist. Remember that's it that you are only in your head, a journey, you are on a path, and the journey, the effort, the path is the gold, okay? And we go into great detail about this in the podcast, so go back and listen to it if you haven't already.
0: That was a good show, by the way. Great show.
1: Had an awesome time. Thanks for right
0: all now. the kind words. Course. I appreciate the kind words as well, too, and the,
1: of course. all that. Yes, so anyways, I don't mean to... Uh, you know, uh, what do they call that? Bogart the conversation or monopolize the <laughs> conversation. But uh, how the it's hell are blunt, you? Brian. How, yeah, this is classic me. <laughs> I love the sound of my own voice. How are you guys doing? And uh, Brian, I'm going to start with you. How you doing, buddy? Everything okay in your world? Are you making things and getting your workshop all set up?
2: Yeah, so I have had, like yesterday, was one of those absolutely perfect days where I woke up early got out in the shop early and really had my head down and worked hard the entire way, all the way through. And it just felt so good to be so productive out in the shop. Um, you know, that is, that is becoming a little bit, I mean, that's, that's the norm that should be the norm anyways, but it was, it was one of those days where it's just, I, at the end of the day, I was sitting and having dinner with Emily and, and I said, you know, if every day could be like today, I would be such a happy man. So I definitely, you know, the rule of thirds, one third great days, one third, you know, medium days, one third bad day. I was so far on the on the good side that it's almost feels like I don't deserve it type of a thing. But yeah, a lot of work being done in the shop. I started another batch. I finished up a batch. So I've uh, did a bunch of profiling and started a round of stainless steel heat treating. And uh, now today, I will be working on some high carbon heat treating. i want uh, to I want to
1: back up a little bit because uh, I saw a knife that you made. It was a k-tip chef, kind of like one of your classic okay. designs, but it was murdered mm-hmm. out. Like you had etched yeah. it dark, dark handle, black handle, uh, stonewash yep. finish. And I simply commented banger on that because. Yeah fuck is that a beautiful knife brian (laughs) jesus man you just killed it with that
2: yeah it's um you know it's it's a laminated handle where it's got um black g10 in the center two liners thin liners black pearl carbon fiber and then on the outside well originally it was just going to be the regular thin black g10 and then black pearl and i felt it all glued together it had black pins already thrown i was like you know this just kind of doesn't feel wide enough for a comfortable handle hmm. so i decided to then glue on another thick g10 layer on the outside which part of it it filled it out but it also hid the pin so it's a hidden pin construction now so it's it's um i i really like it it's it's one that i've been using in the in the kitchen the last couple of days just because it's it's very comfortable and hey, if anybody's listening out there and you want it, it's up on the website. <laughs> you know, Brian, I have a
1: lot of knives on my knife rack and uh, I yeah. tend to
2: uh, lean towards your K-Tip Chef a lot. I mean, I use that knife That's, a lot, man. It's it's a, It's kind of, I, I appreciate that, but it almost feels like a little bit of a shame to me because I have over the, uh, since I sent that to you, I have completely revamped the ergonomics and the design on the chef knife. Well, and I f- really feel like now I produce a way better design than what you have. Well, maybe <laughs> I'll get
1: a chance to use that new design. I will say it if the K-Tip Chef I have is a, feels a little long and it looks like you've yeah. shortened it since. And uh, the other thing is, is um, initially visually, I did not like your handles, like the way you rounded everything over. I felt like it mm-hmm. was kind of basic, but it feels yep. so good in the hand. I tend to use it. So I'm like, okay, form over function. And then I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm going, God, but it is cool. Like it does look good. Like, you know, there's all these initial, I think what I'm learning as I get older is I'm learning that like my initial uh take on things my first impression isn't always correct so i need to like mm. go back and look at things and then i realize like in your now your evolution of that knife you have improved the way the handle looks and mm-hmm. it but it still has the same comfort and
2: so that's it's the thing that i've been really focusing on is you know and the whole thing started when i was working with my brother to really start the ergonomic design choices you know, he's a professional chef. So Mm -hmm. why not? I have that connection. Um, so at first I was so laser focused on how does it feel? Like, like you said, the form form is key. Form is everything. And now I feel like I've finally gotten to the point where I can have a combination of both form and, or wait, function, function is the key function is everything. And then now I've gotten to the point where I can do the form. Yes. So the way that it feels, the way that it, it works is what I've been focusing on. Now I'm able to marry that with also looking fantastic because I, I agree with you. If you look back in my um, in my feed, you can see the chef knives I've done and they're very bulbous and they're very, you know, not very aesthetic looking. I, I'm hoping that I've gotten to the point where I've I've married the two together. I hey, think so.
1: I don't know. I, I agree. I think I think you have. And that is something I've appreciated about your work is that you're not stagnant. I see yeah. you know, a lot of guys making the same knife over and over and over. Not that that's a bad product. You know my take on having a uh, flagship product where you're making oh, yeah. the same thing over and over. But as you go, you should be continuously developing minor improvements that make major differences in your work and it doesn't matter what you're making it could be anything and i've seen that in your work and so i just want you to know i recognize it uh we speak your name brian we speak your name <laughs>
0: brian yeah, Cole. Yeah, <laughs> so so does that mean you don't use my knife or no i use your <laughs> knife okay let me just tell you let me give you something I,
1: I use your knife when I want to cut my finger off or something, but like your knife is uh, a, what I consider a kitchen utility knife. And yeah, it's I'm, more utility it, knife. It, yeah, so like it, like for avocado, I'm on this health kick and have been for the last year and a half, and uh, so I'm eating a lot of raw foods, and I smaller veggies, smaller and veggies, i like cutting things like that. But then I'm using a food processor to make this like this stuff I eat every day. And um, and I need to cut like cabbage, right? Like big heads of cabbage. I need to chunk it up so I can put it in the food processor. And Brian's K-Tip Chef is perfect for that because it's long enough to Mm -hmm. where I can take an entire cabbage and cut it in half in one swipe. So it is. is.
2: So I have I have a topic I kind of want to ask you guys about. But before we do that, pickle, what's going on in your shop?
0: A whole lot. All kinds of things. I've I've been working on orders and uh, some custom one-ofs. A couple of them are available. Uh, I brought up that order thing last week, that, uh, that, that big batch of knives that I might be getting onto. So that's still brewing things in the shop. I got some handle material for the 11 that I have to make. So I'm going to start with one, use that as a, like a pre-sale feeler for everybody on his end. So we're going to sell all those. And um, the stress is real, like yeah. I'm, I I'm a little stressed out. Yeah, dude. I'm I've been like lacking sleep a lot and uh, having a hard time falling asleep. And like literally the other night, dude, I was exhausted. Beat. It was nine o'clock. I jumped in bed. Uh, Three o'clock. I was still awake.
1: Can I give you? Oh, I no. just want to give you a little bit of advice, just a little bit. And I this is just something I because I've known you for years and I I recognize your struggle with this. You realize that all of this pressure is being put on you by you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I know. I'm trying to talk myself out of it. You need too. to talk like, yourself out of it. And here's the reason why. And I'm going to give you a very solid, very strong reason uh, why you need to stop this behavior. Shingles. It, it shingles <laughs> is one. But the other one is you'll do better work if you don't. Take your time and give yourself yeah. the freedom I think this is the reason why you focus so much on snowboarding when you're not working is because it allows you to break free of your of the work that you're doing and it frees your mind up. Now, apply that same principle to your work and go, you know what? If I finish this knife today or tomorrow or a week from now, it'll it'll get done when it gets done. And you're putting so much pressure on yourself. You're going to, number one, make yourself sick, like you said. And number two, you're going to do not as good of work as you would, if you would just give yourself the freedom to, to work at a pace that is sustainable.
0: Oh yeah, that's, it's definitely, definitely to take into consideration for sure. Like how I'm going to manage this needs to be taken care of because I, like you said, I'm going to get myself sick and, uh, like, there's, like I said, a major lack of sleep. The past week has been very, very hard to get to sleep. Once I'm asleep, I'm good, mm. though. But it's it's to get to sleep. And like I said, yeah. exhausted, being in bed for five to six hours before you fall asleep gets very annoying and aggravating. <laughs> and uh, it makes me a little grumpy. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so like, I'm trying to break could,
2: that right now. Um, Go one ahead. One of the things that I do when I have that same issue if I am tired, but I just can't get myself to fall asleep, I find laying in bed and just trying and like stewing on it is anti, like it's, it's, it's against not going to work. Or, yeah. Right. What I do is I get up out of the bed and go do something, maybe do dishes or fold laundry or just do some sort of menial task that is so boring. Don't go on your phone. Don't like put on a podcast and listen to something that's mentally stimulating Go and bore yourself to sleep and then come back and lay down and see if you can fall. So if half hour goes by and you're not asleep, get up and do something else
0: see a lot of that time where I'm like trying to fight myself from that that gearing in my brain and like I'm thinking to myself I should just get up and go to work like just go to the shop go smoke a joint work mm, a bit that gets then go to bed I know that's the thing and then I talk myself out of that because I'm gonna I know I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna get motivated and I'm not gonna want to leave the shop I'm gonna carry on on what I'm doing like last night I, I like three times I had to catch myself and be like okay put everything down go to bed it's that time like Try to fucking break that. I could work till three in the morning and this and that. Like I'm trying not to burn myself out, you know. But what's the point of laying in bed for five fucking hours and not sleeping? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, well, maybe I should still start work until three again in the morning and then sleep and for five hours. A
2: part of a part of laying there for five hours, you may be getting physical rest, but you're not getting mental rest.
0: No, not at all. No mental rest whatsoever. And it's, and it's, it's, I don't want to say it's hard on me. I could cope with it and deal with it, but it's, it can get overwhelming sometimes, you know? And it's just, those are the times where I wish, like, like Brian brought up earlier snowboarding. Like, yes, snowboarding helps me a lot, but this season has been really lame. And that's not helping me. That's like an extra, I know it sounds childish maybe, but some people will understand I need to snowboard. Okay. And I need it to to release all this, everything that needs to be released. And, and I haven't been getting much of that this year, you know, like our snowboarding season has been really lame. Like I said, there's not a lot of snow on the ground. There's not even two feet of snow in the woods up in the mountain. So it's bad. And Mm mentally that affects me. You know, I know I could just say, okay, don't be affected by it, whatever, no, 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 but I've been, I know I've been doing it for 35 years. Like this is a 35 year old habit of mine. I can't just break that and be like, Oh, I'm just going to be miserable. Fuck snowboarding. No, I can't.
1: It, can't do that. It, there is scientific data that backs up everything you're saying, by the way. And um, I've been listening Good. to this uh, Huberman <laughs> podcast with Andrew Huberman. If you're not familiar with him, um, I've heard the name. Yeah. He, uh, he's, uh, he has two PhDs one in biology, one in ophthalmology. And he talks about light exposure. And okay. how important light exposure, natural light exposure is, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. Because and we don't does, get much here. <laughs> yeah. There's these photoreceptors in the eyes that uh, actually produ- help produce serotonin and dopamine yep. and all these other things. And so I mean, when you live up north, even when you live down here, because it gets dark kind of fairly early down here, even. And, you yeah. know, people don't get enough sunlight and, or natural light during the day because of cloud cover and because you know you wake up and it's dark and you go to work and then you come home and it's dark and I remember those days living in Illinois even and you're further way further north than Illinois was and so uh, there's different therapies that can change this you know from a health perspective there's a lot of things out there and and off the air I will you you and I can talk about it more because this you know I don't want to get into the weeds of that but I will say from a weed? mental health standpoint, okay, you're in the <laughs> <laughs> weed. <laughs> That's like.
2: He heard one word. That's the only word he comprehended. Yeah, weed. And, uh, <laughs> and, you,
1: and you can, you know, there's uh, there's other ways that don't include substances. But do you you definitely are on to something when you say, like, you notice it. It is a thing. Yeah, seasonal, I recognize it. Yeah, and seasonal affective disorder, if we could solve there's that. a thing if we could at least alleviate a little bit of it we'd be more productive as a society in the winter time you know yeah. and see that's that's the thing too is like you know people
0: get the winter blues right they're closed in in the winter and all that i don't usually get the winter blues like i'm high as fuck in the winter i was born <laughs> i was born in the winter like i was made for this shit right and like summertime is where i get my down but like I had a down this summer, I was in a rut all because of that, and it rained a lot this summer, last summer too, and it was like it was a rough summer for me. And I was, you know, mm. had high hopes for a good winter, and uh, to you know to realign everything and balance things out inner wise, and uh, that kind of shut the bed on me. So yeah, it's like it's 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 the struggles are real.
1: Recognize <laughs> like, it, recognize it, and yep. do things that keep you at least on the uptick a little bit it's really yeah no definitely
0: yeah. like like i got like like i said when i got that uh when i got in touch but because well, i came and talk right now sorry guys but when buddy got in touch with me for that that those barbecue knives uh, like the high was so fucking nice and it was so good and like the um, the feel of accomplishment you know and and telling my parents about this and seeing it in my father's eyes and everything like pride you know and but then that all got overtaken with that stress part and I was like fuck why Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like I didn't ask for this like I don't I'm not I'm not like I can't even think of where I thought about I should be stressing out about this for me to be stressed out about it well you know if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense like it just naturally occurred because like in my mind I'm telling myself I'm good and I'm just going um
1: um, it doesn't always good. work. It doesn't always work.
0: I, no, no, because you're you're not listening to your body, and then your body starts telling you something's up. And like, I I have stress rashes coming out on the side of my body right now. I thought Holy I was coming cow. down, which sh- yeah, I thought I was coming up with shingles again, but no, they're stress rashes. Rashes. Well, say that fast twice. Stress rashes. <laughs> three times fast yellow leather blue leather. <laughs> leather but
1: yeah it's like i said enough of this uh crybaby shit no crybabies allowed here <laughs> i've got a couple things i want to talk about that we're working on in the workshop for housemaid um if you're interested in a hot rack which is our knife rack system that we developed using Castolite 30 li plus you can put that into your uh, kiln and you can heat treat uh, using that thing. Though we're now in production with those and they're they're gone live and you can do that. By the time you're listening to this, I don't know if we'll have any hundred dollar hammers left, but if you're interested in yeah. a hundred dollar hammer, um, those are live those as well. Those dropped? Yeah, they dropped and we sold a whole bunch yesterday. So uh good. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah, we're not sold out. So but they're it's getting close. So I just wanted to let everybody know if you want that hundred dollar hammer. Here's what we're gonna do. We're going to stock those items regularly on the house made website from rice and, but they're not going to be a hundred dollars. They're going to be $150. Yeah. So you're getting a $50, uh, you know, discount essentially on that hammer and on the first on, run of it for yeah. the first run, the second run, as they become more productive in a production level type, A hammer they're just going to go up in price and we know we're going to sell less of them but it's just that's just you know we wanted to give the people who are supporting this work uh first dibs and a deep discount you know on it you know so uh because what it's doing is is it's ramping up ryan as becoming a uh a production uh forging facility okay think of it in terms of this when you buy a hundred dollar hammer from Housemaid. A majority of that money goes to Ryan, and Ryan is using that money to buy new tooling and set up his new workshop so that he can be in production and in production environment, meaning he's going to be doing this work for other people, not just me. And so, if, if you, here's what I love about this you know how Kickstarter works and all these GoFundMe things yep. and whatever else. It's essentially sure. that you are literally buying a $100. By the way, you're getting a fucking amazing value on this hammer. It's a beautiful oh, yeah. hammer. For, dude, yeah.
0: you cannot buy a $100 handmade hammer. Only $100 hammer you'll find... Is on Amazon and that's it. You know, like
1: yeah, you're not going to get an American. There's name. no
0: blacksmith out there that's going to sell you a hammer he handmade for a hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, and I I'm assuming that we're pissing off a lot of hammer makers by doing this. And and just so <laughs> you know, I I understand that and I apologize, hey, but it's we're free it's free market. It's a free man. market. It's, it's... There is a margin in this, and there is money to be made. But here's the thing: really, the reality of this is that it is you're essentially funding your we are crowdfunding gnome hammer forge to get into a yeah. production environment he needed a press Absolutely. that was expensive he needed uh he wants it's to get a power hammer forge. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly
0: so Dude. and if, he's killing it too that's the thing he's like he's not just getting all of this and sitting on it and doing nothing about it he's like non-fucking-stop this guy is a machine and i like i'm really impressed with his um uh, his worth ethics if you want to say yeah. like yeah he, he he's like a good definition of the work for it term
1: hands like, down seriously? if you're gonna put your money on anybody mm-hmm. to do anything in that space it's ryan over at gnome hammer so just yep. be aware that when i partnered with him on these projects it was because pretty much every morning at like 4:30 or 5 a.m he's already dressed and he's already out to work yep. and by the way it's not his full-time job. He has another job.
0: So. No, he he's actually done his other job now. Exactly. Oh, is he? Or he doesn't have to or he doesn't have to go into the job anymore. And okay. I think he only does one day from home, unless that changed because it, it changes weekly. Like I said, his progression is just so fucking wild that you know he had a full-time job, then it was like down to one day a week, I think, and now I think it's just done. Okay. Like, I think he doesn't even have to go in anymore.
1: I get messages from him pretty much every morning around five AM and he's already got the forge hot and he's already working. Oh, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> guy oh, <yeah>. the guy's <laughs> fuck he's a machine. I mean, he's a fucking yep. machine. And he has two little kids. He's married. Like he's yep. got a life. So just I can't I'm not gonna sit here and stroke his shaft too much, but I'm just gonna tell you that <laughs> the dude is fucking crazy good at what he does. He takes direction from me because I'm not the easiest person in the world to work for. And, I, and I'll tell you. Yeah, Brian's a fucking asshole. You didn't know that? I try to be as <laughs> diplomatic as possible when I say things. But, like, I, you know, I have a vision in my head. And, I, and it's hard to communicate. Like, I can send him the drawings. I can send him what I think it is or what it should look like and all this stuff. Him and I go back and forth all the time. Okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? And in the end, he always exceeds my expectations. And see, mm, good. that is a, a sign of a true success. The habit, just like, uh, have you ever heard the phrase, "The way you do one thing is the way you do anything"? So, like, when when somebody takes on a task, and they is let's just call it fucking washing dishes or whatever.
2: <laughs> if they
1: sit down, wash that dish, and it comes out clean and dry and perfect, chances are, when you put that guy in front of a forge and a big fucking 60 ton press he's going to pump out an amazing fucking Mm -hmm. hammer it's going to take him a little time but he's going to get it done he's going to get it done right and then he's going to produce a hundred of them in a month and then we're going to as a team we're going to work together to market said product and then push it out to the masses so people can purchase them this this is Mm -hmm. a this is a delicate dance between multiple people that make this process happen And, and the 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 reason i know it's going to be even more successful than it already is right now is because the uh, the communication I get from people who are interested in buying these or want them they kind of give me the uh, the uh, impression that th- that it's easy like they they look at it they go I want this they see the process and they they like wow you guys are really doing this and you know this is amazing they want that's, to support they want to support they want to see they want to it's essentially an easy process for them to support our work that's the yeah. goal it's like yeah we're not making a million dollars making hammers i am proving through uh, multiple uh, vehicles of people and projects that american manufacturing and making things is profitable and can make a living and we can do this together but it takes a lot of coordination which i'm good at and it takes a lot of marketing which i'm good at but at the same time i have very fucking high standards like i i am i've said this and brian makes fun of me about this but i want to be the martha fucking stewart of this community <laughs> all right I want to I'm hang out with, There's I basically no- hang Martha. out with the white Snoop Dogg now, the Canadian ah, white Snoop Dogg. Ah, ah, Damn it. Right? That was
2: the joke I was about to throw out. <laughs> I don't want to go to prison. I, I don't want to do that part of it.
1: But I do want to become that. And and he, here's what I, when I think of Martha Stewart, I think of of, of value, but also I think of quality, right? She, she managed to mass produce quality goods. And bring quality to uh, a section of the of the uh, population that might not have been able to afford quality. Okay. And that's mm. essentially what I want to do. And by the way, I want to bring all my friends along and I want to make money while we do it. She,
0: uh, Martha, speaking of Martha Stewart, she spent most of her house arrest time in Connecticut at her camp.
1: Yeah, I remember that. But she did actually do hard time. Like, she went into Yeah, she prison. did time, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she had house arrest as well, too. But, uh, yeah, she's got a place out in Connecticut. And if and you I learn anything bad, from that, that is
1: you like, you just better be nice to everyone around you. Because the reason she went you, to prison was because she was an asshole to somebody, and they turned her in. So, there you go. <laughs> be what nice. was it, again, that she got busted for? Stock, uh, uh, inside stock trading. I think. Okay. I'm pretty oh, sure. Right yeah. yeah.
2: Do you know who's not doing insider stock trading? Who? Baker Forge and Tool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Coy Baker doesn't need to because he's making the best damn Damascus out there. And, you know, he doesn't need to play with the stocks or roll with anything like that because he's got all of that skill working for him in that new shop. I tried to get and some of those
1: is- uh, cutoffs. Did you guys see those cutoffs? That's a brilliant move, yeah. by the way. I tried to get some. By the time I saw the post, it was sold out. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Bakerforge.com. Use WFI10 at checkout. You get 10% off. You know the stuff. You know the deal. And if Jeff Fader is making knives out of it, this is a trending. This is trending. <laughs> Hashtag Fader Wait knives. a second.
2: If if Jeff Fader can do it, does that mean you can, too? No,
1: Well, I'm not. No, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is I, I don't know if you guys remember, but like years ago, Jeff was saying on the podcast, like how he's not really into all the pattern welded steels that much. He, he felt mm-hmm. like it really wasn't his thing. Now that he has access to Baker Forge steel, I think he's seeing, you know, how cool it can really be. And so uh, you should too. go out and check it out. They've got a lot of really great. He just released this. Uh, I don't know what it is exactly what the name of it is. I'm going to go to their website right now. Bakerforge.com. Um, it he was a, a drop. drop they did. Dark oh, pie. Dark My. Of course, it's out of yeah. fucking stock.
0: That's some leftovers. Yeah, they had like not even a dozen bars, I think. There's some leftover from an order. Yeah,
1: and it was, it was affordable yeah. shit, so it went yeah. really quick. Yeah. But anyway. Um, oh, I could imagine. Yeah, and when you're about ready to finish that knife and you need a handle, you need abrasives, you need pin material, you need steel even, you can go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Talk to my buddy Lawrence. Motherfucking Lake. The Canadian <laughs> with the plan. The guy that can help you get anything in the industry. The connector of all things. Lawrence Lake over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com or .ca, wherever you are. He ships every single day to the United States from Canada. It's almost as if he has a truck pull up to his house at three in the morning. He removes the tires from the truck. He removes the tires from the rim. He inserts all of this amazing knife making material into the tires. He reassembles the truck, drives it across the border, (laughs) holding a machine gun, just in case he gets stopped by the border (laughs) patrol. And he's got to blow some motherfuckers up to get across the border. He will do that for you in order to get your supplies from the communist nation of Canada <laughs> to the free land, free, free land in the United it.
0: States. We renamed it, by the way. It's called China,
1: China, duh. <laughs> Not yeah. Canada? Socialism is alive and well in Canada, Geneta. unfortunately. Oh, dude, unfortunately. Let, don't even get me going.
0: But That's all going to change, hopefully, but... N- it it yeah. will
1: change. I, trust me when yeah, I tell it's you... O- it's only
0: getting worse so far, but hopefully it will change. Your people will <laughs> You know who's not
2: a socialist? <laughs> pelican pace. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. I forgot about pelican pace. How could we forget? No, you
2: didn't. Come on, no. How could we forget?
1: Dude, I have... Uh, I've uh, I've been using it. He sent me some
0: of that stuff, and I've been using his uh, Pelican Soft stuff, and uh, it's really, really nice. I like it, especially when you heat up the the wax on the blade because I like to heat the wax to set the oxides in the steel, and um, it just smells so good.
1: He makes that in Florida, you know down here yeah i
0: know yeah i know i i would doubt he would drive up to north carolina to make wax while he's living in florida but yeah no no it's made in florida the point point i'm trying to make
1: is is if when especially when you cross the border from canada to the united states wherever whatever state you do cross over on when you get to florida though it's it takes a while because it's a long drive right you get to florida two days you realize that the state of the great state of florida is truly, truly free, truly free. And I, I'm not trying to advertise or whatever for, for freedom. And in, in general, what I'm trying to say is no matter where you are in the United States, you're, you're generally free. There's certain places though, certain States that de- tend to, to lock people down a little, you know, a little more or whatever. But I love the beautiful fucking state of Florida. And it's because we have true freedom here. I, I really do believe that. I've lived in a place where I didn't feel all that free. Eventually, though, people do get annoyed and will hopefully at a local level start to turn their you know, local politics around, which ultimately end up in better politics for everyone else. So just so you're aware that this is a an election year, and Brian hey, Cohn and whoa, whoa. I have decided that the Work For it podcast is going to be fully political from this point forward. No! we going to have long discussions. I'm out of here now. I quit. I quit. Yep, <laughs> about, I quit. <laughs> about how uh, we should vote and how you know we're going to talk about gun control. And...
0: And we're going to go and tell everybody to go over to Pelican Paste and get themselves some wax because we are not a political podcast. Dude, I'm sitting at the end of my seat right now about the blow-up of politics, so don't you. get I'm me
1: going. Just calm, calm down. down. All, right. Calm. Will, All right. Go to pelicanpaste.com. Use WFI10 <laughs> as a promo code and get yourself 10% off because, no doubt, Pelican Paste is the best wax in the business, baby.
2: All right. So I said earlier that I have something I want to talk to you guys about. It's about who you're I voting
1: need... for, right? This year and the no, presidential <laughs> election. <Absolutely not.
2: laughs> Ain't nobody need to know anything about that. So, I had it's really bizarre because I haven't had these type of inquiries before, but I had multiple people ask me about doing running classes. Hmm. And also, I feel like I finally made it because I had my first offer for an apprentice, which I, I've, I've always like, I, I don't think I'm at the point where I, I could even attempt to have an apprentice. I mean, I can't afford it at this point. There's a lot of other th- reasons why I'm not going to do it. You don't, you don't but, need to pay an apprentice. Exactly. You know? I was just going to say I know, say that, I know, free.
1: but they're, they're learning from you. You're teaching yeah, them a valuable skill. We used to have interns in the computer shop. They would get paid nothing. Zero. Nothing. I,
0: I done that in a computer shop. Yep. Intern for six months in a computer shop. And, and they're happy like, to do this.
1: it. They're getting free education.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it was for me. It was free education. But then I was like, I don't want to be part of this.
2: Okay. So I want the topic to kind of be around having people in your workshop that you don't necessarily know. Okay. Um, I know when we went down to Florida, there was a, a thing that we had to sign and there's a lot of legalese and whatnot. Do you do you guys feel comfortable if someone's willing to w- sign their signature on a big sheet that basically says, you know, no matter what happens, you can't sue me. This is a dangerous place and you're t- assuming the risks and yada, yada, yada. Are you guys Truly comfortable with having an idiot in your shop that could possibly do something stupid. It's a liability waiver. I mean, it,
1: anything can be yeah. contested in court. The, I would, I would say, I would don't worry about lit, lit, liter, What do they call that? Litigious behavior, litter, uh, yeah. or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I would say, you're. If you, here's what I would do. I would meet this person in a neutral environment, have a Mm -hmm. cup of coffee with them, you know, just get a sense of what they're, they're up to and who they are. If you feel comfortable, invite them into your shop, but have them sign a liability waiver. You're standing in a dangerous place. You could chop off a finger, you know, whatever, lose an eye. I don't know, whatever. Um, not, you're not held liable. And, um, I would say that an in here, a couple things to consider, an intern is going to be somebody that is going to pull time away from your production work initially. Okay. Just remember that. Like, cause you're going to have to educate them on how to do pretty right. much everything. And you want to keep an eye on them to make sure they're not doing stupid things. Right. Then you need to kind of, once that person starts becoming productive, that's their time to pay you back with their work. If that makes sense. So now you're yep. having them do the tasks that are, <laughs> uh, you know, for you repetitive and that you could show somebody to do, to do in a few minutes. And it, they might be able to do that that job over and over and over and create some productivity for you. That is their way of paying you back for this time. Okay. That you're educating. This is
2: probably one of the only ways you'll see a lot of hand sanding done on my shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No (laughs) doubt about it. Or or something else. I mean, whatever
1: it might be, you could you could train them to do all those menial tasks and it could be very mutually beneficial. I highly, highly recommend that you set up a schedule for this person. Do not tell them they can come and go as they please. Do not tell them they can show up whenever they want. It is a scheduled thing that, you know, you know on Tuesdays at whatever time they're showing up for however many hours. That way right. you can plan around all of that that stuff. Because yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a time suck for you. But here's what it's going to do. It's also one of the longest job interviews they'll ever have. You may end up, I I ended up hiring a bunch of my interns. You know, these guys would come in. Some of them were worthless. Worthless pieces of shit. They did nothing. And I kicked them the <laughs> fuck out of my shot. Like fucking entitled assholes. Get the fuck out of here. Do not. This is not a place to hang out. This is a place to work and learn. And you get the chance in a day or two to figure out what kind of person they really are. Okay. And what stage of development they're really in. And you're mm-hmm. doing it in a way where you, it's not any cost to you other than time. Does that make sense? Yep.
0: Interesting you remember when i first started making i had an intern at one point yeah yeah that didn't work out for me
2: well tell me tell me how it how it started and why it went wrong
0: Okay, well, first of all, it was somebody that caught interest in my items that I make, my knives, whatever, and uh, myself personally, I believe, because that's... Like, I was all about really teaching this chick how to fucking make knives. Like, she was all about it. She was showing me shit, talking about stuff that, like, a chick wouldn't talk to you about, and, like, and it didn't end up in an internship at all. <laughs> it was more than an internship, and it was like... it was wait,
2: wait, Oh, whoa, 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 There's, there's definitely Yo.
1: more to this. That Should we save this for the after show? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, all it's
0: all good. It's No, what happened is because uh, is I had met this girl from the other side of the border in Quebec, and it was during COVID, and I was making knives. And uh, what happened is to her to be able to cross the border from Quebec into New Brunswick, there was literally like a uh, a border control there and you couldn't travel in between we weren't free to travel in between provinces during covid right so uh, fucking crazy you needed spe- yeah you needed crazy. special re- you needed special requirements and passes and this and that and and you had to sign in and si- sign in and sign out like I'm leaving this day and I'm coming back at this day and anyways it was just fucking ridiculous and that was the only way I was able to get her to come across the border was to say that I was hiring her as an intern and uh, she actually did do, like I said, she had interest in the knives and she did do a little bit of stuff around the shop too, but it was more of a distraction than anything else. So if you're going to do it, make sure it's not like a buddy-buddy uh, of yours where you guys are just going to dick around all the time or, or you know, some somebody that has a way of distracting you from your main goal yeah. and that's not yeah. having an intern, you know. Yes. So that's what happened to me. That's why it wasn't good. So if your intern like, it,
1: has mm. boobs... Than yeah. was what I'm hearing is it could be a distraction, but yes, I think there's something to be said about this. Is that now you need? I want to push back be against a that statement. Fit. Right, serious.
2: There. I want to push back against that statement because you know there are badass female workers. Oh, 100%. oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm just I'm you joking. Know, it's by it's the way, a Ryan person by person basis Definitely. if they are a distraction then they're going to be a distraction whether they've got boobs or you know yeah I, I, yeah, yeah I, I, exactly it, yeah one yeah, yeah. could be a work.
1: distraction that, that is the yeah. overarching thing exactly of this yep. is that i and i explain this to everyone that comes into my shop that you know we're here to work today and it and it's not just Today it's every fucking day. We're here, you know. You, if you're if, full if, of shit, if it's you never said that to me. You when you come in, <laughs> yeah. you knew. You fucking knew. You walked in and you're like, "What are we doing?" Because you knew. You already knew. But I, no, it is my, a feeling that people, yeah, like uh, for instance, they they hear the podcast or they watch my content on Instagram and they want to come hang out at the shop. And, yeah. I, and I want that. I want people to come and learn. But just remember, this is a place of fucking work. We we hang out yeah. at night. We do things after 5 o'clock. And that's because not, this is a place of business. Uh, it's not Mr. Rogers.
0: You know, it's, it's house-made fucking... Industrial, and you go there and get dirty. Like I go there to, I go there down there with the intent to work, and I do it to pay my dues. Even though I'm told I don't need to pay dues, but I do it anyways out of just appreciation for everything you've done for me. I feel that I owe you my time, like a week's worth. a week's work is not even worth nearly close what you've done for me. But here's the
1: so thing. It's the most I could do. You wouldn't want to just sit around anyway. It would get boring. Oh, fuck no, dude. Right? I mean, oh, fuck, you yeah. need something uh, yeah. to do, right? And so, yeah, when you come down here and spend a week, it's like, we don't go to the fucking beach. Yeah. We're working.
0: Yeah. Know? like, like the No, I've never even seen the beach. That's what I tell everybody. It's like, oh, it must be nice going to Florida on vacation. I was like, bitch, I haven't even seen sand yet in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Like I like I've seen Brian's house in a twenty minute drive to the shop and that's it. And Walmart once, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> to get a suitcase. No, get yeah, get a suitcase. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's what it was. So yeah. Brian, I think it's a good idea. Just gotta weed out, you know, the the So what let me ask yeah, you exactly. this, Brian. This person reached out to you and they said, Hey, I'd like to come an intern in your shop. Do you
2: know anything about this person? Complete. Yes cold call. I've never spoken to this person ever. And they're local to Do you? Do they throw a... Oh, sorry, you both said something. What? Uh, they're, yeah. they're local to you, this person? Yeah, they're about a 15-20 minute drive, yeah. So local, yeah. yeah. Does
0: he throw off uh, Dahmer vibes or anything? Or? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I, I... I'm thinking know about having stuff, him you know. come and take, like... Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking about having them run through a class just to see how they work and then talk to them afterwards. But um, when you say run through a class, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So, you know, there was this apprentice that came up and then also I had like four or five different people asking me if if I offer knife making classes. So I've really I've been kind of dabbling with the idea of running knife making classes and I've had my buddy come in and do kind of a somewhat of a knife making class, but I'm kind of thinking about offering two different levels. One where basically it's a one day situation and it is, um, those little nano neck knives with the, with the, um, blacksmith style handle. Oh, yeah. I feel like we could get through one of those, you know, you forge, you forge into shape, you, you know, curl the handle over, you normalize it, you heat treat it while you're heat treating. I'll t- start we'll probably have lunch and then start teaching them how to grind on a piece of mild steel or whatever. Sure. And then after that, you grind out the blade or temper it, grind out the blade. And then at that point we can, you know, finish it up or whatever. I feel like that is something like that could be an easy, like a hundred dollar class or maybe a $150 class. Oh, it's way more than that.
0: Uh, oh yeah, dude. A, <laughs> a day in a shop is $500. If you're yeah, taking I don't me know about that, maybe not quite
1: 500 but i think you should rethink I, your pricing i've strategy.
0: looked i've looked into walking into shops and one of the lowest i found was 500 us dollars for a day yeah. uh, for two days sorry when you're but getting this started was a, though you could two days but it was it was a weekend class and it was two days but like there was a a buddy price in there too for 500 like technically so
2: so the reason why like like you guys are doing the 100 dollar hammers you know, I feel like the first yeah, I see dozen said. of them, mm-hmm. it's worth going in. At a, so I was planning on doing that is like the one day shop or one day class. And then the, the other option is basically a two day class where I would already have the knife profiled and heat treated mm. and just do a classic drop point style blade. And then the focus on that one is, you know, more bevel grinding, like the better details, teaching more about bevel grinding and then handle glue up and handle finishing and yada, yada, yada. So one, somebody... The first oh. class is basically, you know, intro to foraging and intro to bevel grinding. The second class, the, the intermediate class would be more focused on clean grinding and handle finishing. Let,
1: let, me, uh, let me interrupt one second. I just have a question. Is are, Do you feel like you have time to do this? Like it, it it with your regular production schedule, is this something you would want to set your production aside for? Do you feel like you
2: could balance that work? I guess is the question. The reason why I think I could do it is I would probably do this like once a month, type of a thing. Mm, I see, like one um, weekend weekends. a month or whatever. Yeah. One weekend a month. Um, so I feel like some, I feel like that would. It's not, you know, it, it's it's kind of one of those things where. You know, maybe that's it's something that will evolve into something that is more profitable. I can raise my prices and make it, you know, because I originally went to college to become a teacher. So this is this is an itch or that I've had. Like I've had I want to scratch the itch of teaching just because that's that's something I've always had. I've just never felt like I've had a place like when I was working in the old shop. It's way too small, way too cramped to have another person work in mm-hmm. there effectively. I've now built out a shop that is large enough that you know I feel comfortable having people there, and it looks professional enough, and yada yada yada. You know, you know
0: who would be a good person to talk to about all this, Jordy? Exactly,
1: Jordy. Yeah, sure. Check yeah. with
0: Mister Cox. Mister Cox could help you out with that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I would. I would. He's got a years of experience dude, he's it. in this this realm and uh he's gonna be coming down to my shop very soon uh so nice. you know i don't know it, it he's one of those guys that i really i i would listen to what he has to say and in, in regards to oh, no he's
0: song. a yeah. he's a great guy dude like i it's sat down with him for like uh part of the evening when we were at the house that uh for the foundry we were outside burning one and uh Definitely, definitely a good guy to conversate with, and interesting to listen to. And uh, I could just yeah. imagine, like, I'd go down and take one of his classes. You know, like I'd love to.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've all like, been talking the environment about that. just like all yeah. Of us the environment just, just, just seems so nice. Yep. Yeah, all of us like scheduling a class together and going and, and yeah. Do maybe it. next year's foundry could be at at Jordy's. Uh, yeah, we're uh, yeah. There's a lot to we have to talk about that um, foundry project. <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of stuff we need to discuss before. Anyway. All right, Brian. Good, good topic. Um, if you've got suggestions for Brian, make sure you DM those suggestions yes, to him. Yes, I would love to hear it. And, I'd love uh, to hear it. I, I see your approach, and I think that's a it's it's a good path. I think you you could definitely do it. And yeah, like you said, you're going to raise your price over time, but you're going to get good at it initially and charge less, and then move into uh, you know more uh, turning it more into a, a monetization thing. Where you can yeah. make more money at it, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I think it, it would be great. I wouldn't worry about having people in your shop; just have them sign a liability waiver,
2: and uh, that'll keep all the riff raff out. Yeah, if you could uh, send me the like a, a basic form of what you had me sign, that would point me in the right direction immensely. Yeah, yeah, because I, I consider- yeah,
0: see, I had her sign. I actually, the girl I had in my shop, I had her make the form. <laughs> I I proofread it and that you know, it made sense what she wrote. And then I was like, all right, now I sign, you sign date. And here we go. Yeah. But like, there was nothing like she wrote everything that needed to be written down and did it properly. But like, I, I can't just sit there and fucking write something up like that. It's going to make no sense.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Hey, listen, um, we've got a patron question. You guys want to hear this question? Yeah, we do. Sure. It's from Manny G over at parable knives. He asks, how do you create brand awareness and brand loyalty? As a small business, I'm always competing for attention, but I know the answer isn't always just to release content. I think it's possible to lose interest with your customers if you go about gaining traction the wrong way. Repetitive Mm. reels, boring photos, blatant calls for attention, just to name a few. What are some of the Mm. best strategies to get people to care about your brand And to invest in what you have to offer. All the best, Manny G. And I have that is a great question. Fucking great question. Yeah it is. Yeah it is. Yeah it is totally. I
0: found um I found a wooden shoe in the toilet. You did? (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was clogged. Oh damn
1: it! You know my parents. Uh, They introduced me to minimalism. Oh yeah. It's the least they could do.
2: And there you have it. That's our dad joke. That (laughs) was
1: from Steve Grillo. Steve Grillo. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Steve. And uh, (laughs) if you would like to hear the answer to our patron question, you have to become a Patreon. You have to become a patron on Patreon. So go to www.patreon.com forward slash work for it for as little as $10 and 80 cents a year. Yes, you heard that correctly. It's less than a dollar a month. You can join our patron. You can listen to the after show and you get first dibs on any of the $100 hammers that we're doing with Brian over at Gnome Hammer Forge. So if you do the math, it's like we're paying you to be a patron. Really? It's the way that's the way I see it. So uh, we know you guys are working hard this week. If you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee you guarantee that you're doing hard ass work during the week and I hope you guys are doing great out there And enjoy Brian I'm not hearing any music here by the way are you on yeah. mute what the fuck is this <laughs> no
2: so we talked about we've been having some dragging issues with the audio so I unplugged the roadcaster
1: oh the okay good call well uh. I'll add the music I'll add something at the end okay, cool, but, cool, uh, <laughs> you're right I think the roadcaster was fucking things up. But, uh, uh, anyways I appreciate you guys for listening to the work for a podcast supporting what we're all doing here at Housemade and Brian Cohn knives and uh, pickle cutters these are when you buy from us and you're you spend any dollars with us or whatever whatever it might be you you share you like you support you comment all of that is considered support in this community and so together a rising tide lifts all ships and let's just keep going man let's keep doing it all right to the stars Do the stars, shoot for the stars, land on the moon, whatever it's called, and do that thing. So are you guys ready to go? Nobody's ever landed the moon.
2: (laughs) Get (laughs) the fuck out of here. All right. See you guys. That was a fun podcast. Bye.
1: (laughs) Titties.